All right, so we're jumping into Luke 10 tonight, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. Um, we're talking about margin, and I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as I can, and then we'll jump into small groups. So we live in a culture that pushes us to the limits, absolutely pushes us to the limits, right? Consumerism, everything, um, this, this definition or idea of success we're told to buy more, to do more, to conquer more, 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 more. More of us are living at an unsustainable pace. I know I'm stressed a lot. Um, and, and this was really why um, I felt like we do still need to jump into this is because when we were on our trip, I just felt super convicted. I was like, man, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks, um, I'm talking with Jessa and, and some different folks, and I felt like I just haven't been myself a whole lot because I've been, you know, pushing the envelope and, and um, kind of stressed out about some different things. And, and I felt convicted. I was like, God, I need more margin in my life. Um, and so uh, I, I say this a few times, and, and I'll say it again. Most of the time when we jump into things, it's, it's things that at least I know that I'm struggling with, and maybe it's something that you guys uh, are, can benefit from as well. So what is margin? I think it's uh, a good thing to kind of get an idea of what it is. Margin, uh, and, and these are two different definitions. One is from Andy Stanley, and the other is from Craig Groeschel. Um, Andy Stanley said, uh, margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. Okay, and, and uh, Craig Groeschel said that margin is the difference between what you have and what you need. So if you have 30 minutes to get somewhere and it takes you 20, you've got 10 minutes of margin. Um, and so what, how, does that, how does margin kind of show up in our everyday life? Okay, maybe it's us showing up early to meetings, right? So I'm like taking the pulse as I'm looking at this and thinking about this and really taking the pulse. Okay, do I have margin in my life? And I, I'm thinking like, yeah, um, I don't really show up to meetings five or 10 minutes early. I'm usually like, literally this morning, I, I, we had a staff meeting. I was walking in like maybe one or two minutes late. Um, Maybe having more money at the end of the month versus having more month at the end of the money. Huh? Margin is having more money at the end of the month versus the opposite, which would be having more month at the end of the money. So you've paid all your bills and you still have more bills due at the end of the month or beginning of the month and you've run out of money. Margin. Having distance between you and temptation. So next week, we're going to get into moral margin. And I think this is huge because we don't talk about it a whole lot in the church. But it is, um, I think, a fantastic perspective on avoiding temptation. Having emotional capacity to appropriately deal with things that are going on around you. And this is where I feel like I've been really convicted is because I've kind of been super stressed and like handling all these different things. And, and, um, I, I don't feel like I've had the emotional capacity to appropriately like respond to the things that are going on in my life. What about having, um, extra time or money to invest in things that you're passionate about? Uh, that's margin having time to think and reflect and meditate and dream. You guys dream about things, right? You ever make a dream board? You put a bunch of things on there that you want to accomplish or have a bucket list and think about that, investing time into that. 
I believe the best things that happen in life happen in the margin. The best things that happen in life happen in the margin. We're going to jump into um, Luke 10. If you want to go ahead and turn there, um, we're going to look, we're going to start at verse 38. And we're going to look at a really cool story about two ladies. You know, one had margin and one didn't. One created margin, one didn't. And I think it's a fantastic uh, um, thing for us to look at and really um, square off with this idea of having margin in our lives. Verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. I just want to pause there really quick. So we had two ladies, Mary and Martha. They could, uh, they both had the same opportunities, same opportunities. Martha saw the opportunity to be for Jesus or for God, or she's serving God. She's, she's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for God. I'm going to prepare my house and make sure it's, it's prepped right. And I'm, I'm going to do all these things and make sure my house is a good environment for God to show up to. Those are good things, right? Those are amazing things. Mary saw the opportunity to be with Jesus. So Martha saw the opportunity to be for Jesus. Mary saw the opportunity to be with Jesus. And I think this is why this is a a continuation of our conversation of, of this idea of being with you see, Martha was with, in the, uh, with Jesus in the same house. She was in his proximity, yet she wasn't with Jesus. Mary created margin. She um, didn't see the things that needed to be done, and um, she saw that she needed to be um, with Jesus. How did, how did um, Luke, the writer, describe where Martha was at? He said that she was distracted. Man, I pray, I pray that when um, Jesus shows up that I'm not the person that's being distracted by things. But I got to be honest with you guys. I think in the last year, if, if I were to really uh, um, square up my life, because I think the whole point of this story is like, who does my life reflect more, Mary or Martha? Do I spend more time with Jesus and, and it's okay that the laundry doesn't get done or it's okay that the dishes don't get done? Or, or am I more like Martha where, you know, okay, I'll, I'll be with Jesus later, but I got to get these things done now. And I think if I were to, on, to be honest with you guys, I think where I land with this passage is I connect more like with Martha. In fact, last year, I told you guys a little bit about this. Last year, um, for the first time in a long time, I think I got so distracted with just busyness of life that I didn't carve out time intentionally to hear from the Father all last year. And I, I, once I realized that God brought it to my attention, and I was like, oh my goodness, I need to, to, to do that. And I put something on the calendar that moment. But I think I identify more with Martha. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, for that. 
Because I think at, at the end of the day, if I've got opportunities to be with Jesus or, or opportunities to fill my life with all the busy things and get things done, I think I've been more like Martha. But that's where the enemy gets us because Martha wasn't distracted by evil things. It wasn't like she was, um, you know, doing horrible things, right? Jesus addressed, you know, the, the, the religious leaders and, and the hypocrisy and all. That wasn't Martha at all. She was doing good things. I heard this before and I just, it's always stuck with me. Good things become bad things when they get in the way of God's best things. Good things become bad things when they get in the way of God's best things. Like, you know, getting the house prepared and having the proper environment and all that stuff, those are all good things. But being with Jesus, sitting with him, man, that's life transforming. I also heard this, that if the enemy can't make you a really, really bad person, he's going to make you really, really busy. If the enemy can't make you a really bad person, so if you have morals, right, if you stand up and, and, and you want to do the right thing, the other way he's going to get you is by making you really, really busy. I think that's so true. So true. The next verse um, says that she came to him and asked him, talking about Martha. So Martha's noticing Mary's over here just sitting around with Jesus while she's like doing the dishes and setting the table, making sure the table's perfect, making sure, you know, the, the pillows are all fluffed and comfortable. And she comes up to Jesus and she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. I'm just thinking, man, she is absolutely convinced that she's in the right place. And I've been here before. There have been times, man, we, we work on a team here. And, um, you know, there have been times where I'm like doing something by myself and I'm kind of mad. And I'm like, man, I shouldn't be doing this by myself, you know, and da-da-da-da-da. And then I'm thinking like, that's a terrible attitude. That's a terrible attitude because really... Um, I need to just be in the presence of Jesus. Yes, we need to get things done. But being in the presence of, of our Father is so much more important. But she was absolutely convinced. And I think as we sit here and, and honestly as I'm engaging with this, with this um, lesson, with this word, the, the struggle for the, the biggest enemy of margin in our lives is going to be the attitude of, Every, all the busyness in my life is necessary. In other words, being convinced that all the busyness, all the things that are going on, all the things that are pulling you away from the presence of Christ are absolutely necessary and cannot be avoided. I have to live this way. To be successful, I have to be busy. We chase this idea. I did it for a decade where it was, you know, here's the idea of success is you got to have a great income. And, and I was chasing that six-figure salary and uh, the nice house and the cars and, and all this stuff. And I did it for 10 years and woke up one day uh, uh, completely addicted to alcohol and realized my life was totally empty. But the whole time I thought, this is what I need to do for my family or I need to do these things because they're necessary. 
Verse 41, Jesus replies, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you, answered, uh, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I think this is kind of what I want to leave you with, is that the choice is yours. Um, when we jump into small group, we're going to kind of talk through this, this spectrum, this spectrum of stress. And I think it's important for us time to time to um, just check in with each other and to mark on, on you know, we did this in our, in our leader meeting, if, uh, I think like a month ago or something. But it was really good to be able to check in with each other and say where I'm at on this whole spectrum. And I think I got one up here. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Where are you at? Are you on the board side or the stressed side? Here's the spectrum. The best place to be is kind of just a little bit on the right side of the middle. And here's why. Because we need to feel a little bit of that pressure of stress, and it opens up our creative, our creative um, energies and, and thoughts and, and uh, so that the ideal spot is kind of to be just on that right side but not too far over. But I got to be honest with you guys, like I feel like I've been more on the, the farther side. Um, understand that every single yes, whether spoken or implied, is also a no to something else, okay? Um, you know, <clears throat> I was talking with Savannah, you know, as you get into ministry, it's it's pretty common that, you know, a bunch of people come after you. It's almost like a, a mob, and they're like, I need you to do this, and I need you to serve here, and I need you to plug in here, and I need you to do this. I need you to do all these things. And, it, and, and it's, just, it's just from a heart of trying to do ministry and to love on people, and it's all from, from a good thing. But, man, if you're not careful, you are going to burn yourself out fast. And then you become jaded in ministry. And it's not a good thing to do. And I was talking with her and I was encouraging her. I was like, you need to get good at saying no. Because every time you say no to something, you can say yes to something important. Something significant. Something powerful that God has for you. And uh, it's basically the entire premise of this book by Lisa Turkhurst called My Best Yes. And it's fantastic. I definitely recommend reading it. But the choice is yours. So what happens when we live in a marginless life? What happens when we live in a marginless life? Our stress increases, right? We go on that spectrum and we move more and more and more towards the stressed side of things. Now, it's okay to be in that place for a period of time. It's okay to be there, you know, temporarily. But when it's like the norm or, or you are, you know, swaying from being in, insanely stressed to crazy bored, Right? Those are really, really troubling symptoms. Troubling symptoms. Um, so when we jump into small group, I'm just going to ask you to, to say where you're at. You know, put a, put a mark on the paper even if you have a pen. It's like, it's like a hard thing to do actually to put the mark on the paper and say, this is where I'm at right now. I just want to challenge you to do that. Um, the other thing is that as your margin decreases your relational intimacy and capacity also decreases. This is what I was talking about where I'm 
kind of feel like I'm not really myself sometimes, or, or maybe I'm a little short with people if they have questions and, and I, I see it. I'm like, that's not how I typically would answer that question. I, I usually would have maybe more grace or, or more understanding or more compassion or empathy, uh, but I was really quick in that situation or, or came across a little bit harsh, and those are symptoms of being in a life that has no margin for a period of time where, where we've, we've been ta- kind of tapped out. <clears throat> less margin means you're also less available to God. Less margin means you're also less available to God. We're too busy for people, and we're too busy for God when we live a marginless life. So a couple things. Um, one, I just want to challenge you with baby steps. Okay, I want to challenge you with baby steps. Um, this sounds really minor, but I promise you it's not. Okay, I want to challenge you for the next seven days to carve out 15 minutes to 30 minutes, if you're like a superstar, um, to actually sit. And I, I don't... I. I don't want you to actually read the Bible, okay? Sounds bad, but I promise it's important. Um, I want you to just sit and be with Abba. Just sit and be with Abba. Don't be a human doing, be a human being. Be in Abba's presence. And, um, you know, you could journal about it, uh, like what's going on or what you hear God saying, and, and it's actually so hard to sit for 15 minutes like you, you sit down there, and, and actually I tried this just to like see, and it's hard. It's like you want to check your phone, and like the next thing you want to do is you want to, you know, well, maybe you're starting to justify like, okay, well, I could, I could read the Bible, and then I could journal about that, you know. And like you, you start to like fill in these gaps. The best things in life happen in these margins. Um, so I want to challenge you with that. So that's one thing. The other thing is I want to challenge you to uh, maybe think about something that you could do um, that maybe like planned that you could carve out margin to be in the presence of Abba. Maybe it's um, doing a prayer retreat or maybe it's um, a trip or a hike or something and just put it on your calendar. Put it on your calendar, uh, maybe tonight before you leave. Uh, maybe uh, you can brainstorm with your small group some ideas. Um, I love doing hikes. Uh, those are awesome. Those are really great, easy ways to just carve out margin to be in Abba's presence. Uh, maybe uh, if, you, if you're interested in a prayer retreat, um, I can give you some different ideas, some creative ideas you can call. They're, they're, you know, it's amazing. There are places actually all over the place where if you call them and say, hey, I want to come and spend some time, um, you know, fasting or praying or whatever, they'll let you come there for almost free. The place that I go charges like 10 bucks a night. And I can go there for a weekend for two nights, spend 20 bucks, and literally be in utter silence and, and, and be able to be in the presence of the Father. So those are the two things. So carving out time every day for 15 or 20 minutes, um, to just sit, right? It's hard, I promise, um, for seven days, for the next seven days. So when we come back next week, we can talk about how awesome it was. Um, <laughs> no, um, I do believe it will be a very powerful experience if you're not doing it already. Um, but then also put something on the schedule 
this week. Don't hesitate to, to, um, to be with Abba. And we can, not, we can all go, you know, um, on a hike. There's a bunch, of, a bunch of great places. Maybe we could put something together. But let's do those two things this week. Those are just baby steps. But they're hard. They're hard to do. They are. They're simple, but they're hard. They're simple, but they're hard. Um, let me just pray for us. Father, God, I, I, I repent for my busyness. God, I don't want to be dictated by culture. My life, I don't want it to be dictated by the norms of society, um, the way th- people around me think that success is. I want to live according to your will and your plans and your purposes for my life. And I pray that over every person here. God, we know uh, your word tells us that you have a plan and a purpose, God. And, and when, what happens is, is when we when we involve ourselves in things that don't have an eternal purpose, those things steal our margin. And then we lose our intimacy with you and with each other. So God, I just pray that for each person here that you would help us to see those things that we jump into, that we do, that we involve ourselves with, that don't have an eternal purpose. They're meaningless in the grand scheme of your plan of redemption for us. I pray that we would be able to see those and be able to to say no to those things so that we can ultimately say yes to the most important things. Just love you. In Jesus' name, amen.